0: Psalm, Chapters 108 and 109 Psalm, Chapter 108, Verse 1 A song, a psalm of David, Prepared is my heart, O God, I sing, yea, I sing praise, Also my honor. The Lord is his honor, King David wrote this song, and it's a song of praise to the Lord. 2. Awake, psaltery and harp, I awake the dawn, He says that in the morning, he takes his two instruments, the psaltery and the harp. Those are both stringed instruments. 3. I thank thee among peoples, O Jehovah, and I praise thee among the nations. The Lord is worthy of our praise among all of the nations, which means he is worthy of public praise. 4. For great above the heavens is thy kindness, and unto the clouds thy truth. This is often said by King David, that the Lord's kindness fills up the entire atmosphere. And here it also says that his truth is enough to fill up all of the clouds. 5. Be thou exalted above the heavens, O God, and above all the earth thy honor. The honor of the Lord is every thing that he has created, which is the earth, and beyond and he should be exalted above all of the heavens, which is the entire universe. 6. That thy beloved ones may be delivered, save with thy right hand, and answer us. In ancient times a man's right hand is his son, and the right hand of God is his son. His son is the one who saves us, that's why it says save with your right hand. It's literally saying save with your son. 7. God hath spoken in his holiness, I exult, I apportion Shechem, and the valley of Succoth I measure. Shechem was where they kept the tabernacle for many years. His holiness resided there because he resided above the cherubim of the golden Ark of the Covenant that was inside the tabernacle at Shechem. A, Mine is Gilead, mine is Manasseh, and Ephraim is the strength of my head, Judah is my lawgiver. The tribe of Judah, which is the royal tribe, is also in charge of the law. That's why the king is always the judge over Israel. The kingship and the law are meant to go hand in hand, in God's kingdom, not necessarily in earthly kingdoms. Manasseh and Ephraim are are the two favored tribes because they came from Joseph. Gilead means witness of stones, or rocky region. This would refer to the stones of testimony. When the Israelites crossed the Red Sea, they put up twelve stones as testimony. Then when they crossed the Jordan River, they also put up stones as testimony. And also, the Lord had stones at the Mount of Cursing and the Mount of Blessing. And he also always told the Israelites to create altars made of unhewn stone whenever they offered him a sacrifice. So in Shechem, there was an altar made of unhewn stone. And that could be what Gilead is referring to. 9. Moab is a pot for my washing. This is an insult to say that Moab is bath water or dishwater. Moab came from Lot, so they are cousins of the Israelites, and they were also pagans. Lot's whole family went into sin because of Lot's lack of faith. Edom was the land of Esau, and Esau rejected his birthright. He was the brother of Jacob who rejected his birthright. Edom is the shoebox, and that is also an insult. He has no inheritance for Moab, no inheritance for Edom, because of their paganism, and their disregard for his laws. Over Philistia. I shout habitually. Now a shout in the Bible always refers to a victory battle shout. It's a war cry, but it's a cry of victory. And the Israelites were always commanded to shout before the battle to show the Lord that they believed that he would cause them to win. When God is saying he shouts over Philistia, that means that he wins the battle over them every time. And he completely wiped out the Philistines. They do not exist anymore. The entire race of the Philistines was completely wiped out in the Old Testament. The Palestinians who claim that they are descendants of the Philistines, that's a false claim because there are no descendants of the Philistines anywhere on this planet. 10. Who doth bring me in to the fenced city who hath led me unto Edom? 11 Hast not thou, O God, cast us off, and thou goest not out, O God, with our hosts? King David is saying, Lord, you have already said that you are going to win the battle over these pagans, but look, we are not winning. We came to their cities and it's fenced, we can't break in. This is a song where King David is getting up in the morning, praising the Lord, but he's also asking the Lord, he's begging the Lord to cause his army to win the battle over the pagan armies. And he's saying, please keep your promise and help us to win this battle. 12. Give to us help from adversity, and vain is the salvation of man. This is a beautiful thing. King David never failed to express that he could not save himself, and no army could save him. That's why he says vain is the salvation of man. He says we're completely helpless. It doesn't matter how many men we have. It doesn't matter how many shields, how many horses, how many swords. It doesn't matter how skilled we are. We will not win unless you win the battle for us. And that's why King David won, because he always gave God the glory, not himself. 13. In God we do mightily, and he doth tread down our adversaries. King David has said, Lord, help us win the battle, keep your promises to us, because we know we cannot save ourselves. You're our only hope. And that concludes Psalm chapter 108. Psalm chapter 109, verse 1. To the overseer, a psalm of David. This song is also written by King David for the Director of Music to look at and determine when he wants the orchestra and the choir to perform this song, and maybe even to make the arrangement for it. O God of my praise, be not silent. 2 For the mouth of wickedness and the mouth of deceit, against me they have opened, they have spoken with me, a tongue of falsehood and words of hatred. King David often had people slandering him. There were people in his kingdom who hated the Lord, and therefore they hated David, and they wanted to overpower him. Before David actually took the throne, Saul's men were trying to kill David. And after he took the throne, later on his own son tried to kill him. 3. They have compassed about me, and they fight me without cause. This song is also foreshadowing the life of Jesus Christ because he was compassed about or surrounded by evil, wicked, religious men who wanted to kill him. They were always trying to fight with Jesus with no cause. He never did anything to hurt the Pharisees, but they were constantly picking on him. They would show up just to naysay and throw rotten tomatoes, basically, at everything that he said. And they would try to dispute with him in front of the people, constantly. For, for my love, they oppose me, and I, prayer. King David loved the people, and yet some of them attacked him. This is the same as Jesus loving the Pharisees, and yet they attacked him. 5 And they set against me evil for good, and hatred for my love. King David practiced righteous judgment over the people, and he liberated the poor and the oppressed, and he fought for his kingdom and got land for Israel. But still there were haters who wanted him destroyed. And Jesus fed the thousands and healed thousands of people. And he preached the good news, and yet the religious leaders wanted him destroyed. 6. Appoint thou over him the wicked, and an adversary standeth at his right hand. Now David is prophesying and saying, If they want a leader, give them a wicked leader, the type of leader that they deserve. 8. His days are few, his oversight another taketh. 9. His sons are fatherless, and his wife a widow. King David says, Give them a leader who is wicked, who dies early, and leaves no legacy to his children, or his wife. 10. And wander continually do his sons, yea, they have begged, and have sought out of their dry places. He says, let his sons become beggars. King David was not a malicious person, but if the wicked saw their appropriate end, which would be a destruction. Then, that would prevent other people from following in their footsteps and that's what David wants. He wants the wicked to be punished so that they will be an example and nobody else in the kingdom will follow them. We don't want people to be rewarded in their wickedness because then they'll just keep doing it. 11. An exactor layeth a snare for all that he hath, and strangers spoil his labor. This means that a slave master will take over the wealth of the wicked, and strangers will steal from him. This actually happens to a lot of rich people. They lose their money to spoilers, which are con artists, and even family members that take advantage of them. Because they won't follow Jesus, so they listen to bad counsel from Satan, and they end up losing a lot of their wealth and power. 12. He hath none to extend kindness, nor is there one showing favor to his orphans. All kindness comes from God. A lot of times, if a person will not follow the Lord, they will miss out on experiencing a lot of his kindness. Earthly rulers are not kind. They take advantage of us. They overtax us. They overregulate us. And they always try to keep us under their thumbnail, because they're not godly. 13. His posterity is for cutting off. In another generation is their name blotted out. King David says, Let the doers be destroyed in this generation so that they don't continue. 14. The iniquity of his fathers is remembered unto Jehovah, and the sin of his mother is not blotted out. A lot of mothers teach their children paganism. They teach their kids the ways of the world, instead of teaching them to obey the Lord and fathers do the same thing. 15. They are before Jehovah continually, and he cutteth off from earth their memorial. The Lord sees everybody's sin. If you never repent, ultimately your legacy will be cut off. 16. Because that he hath not remembered to do kindness, and pursueth the poor man and needy, and the smitten of heart to slay. Men who pursue wealth do it at other people's expense, always. They underpay those who work for them. They underpay those who they buy goods from. They take advantage of people. They lie on business deals. And they take advantage of the weak. 17. And he loveth reviling, and it meeteth him, and he hath not delighted in blessing, and it is far from him. Reviling is not the same thing as rebuke. Rebuke is when you simply state that a person is sinning and you tell them to repent, and that's it. Then you drop it. You don't punish them. You don't harass them. You don't dog them. You just say it once and walk away and let them decide. That's a rebuke. But reviling is when you harass somebody and you taunt and you never stop putting them down and you make a campaign against that person. Reviling is a sin. And it says, if a man loves reviling, if he campaigns verbally against people, and he won't leave them alone, with his harassment and slander and threats possibly, then he will be met with the same treatment. Somebody will revile him. 18. And he putteth on reviling as his robe, and it cometh in as water into his midst, and as oil into his bones. If you clothe yourself in criticism toward others, and harassment, and verbal abuse, if that's the clothing that you wear, you're going to have a very miserable life, and you will be punished. 19. It is to him as apparel. He covereth himself, and for a continual girdle he girdeth it on. In ancient times, men wore belts around their waist, or their chest, or their ribs, and this was called a girdle. It holds the outer garment in place, and it makes you look more attractive. Men wore girdles before women did. 20. This is the wage of mine accusers from Jehovah, and of those speaking evil against my soul. Anyone who continues to accuse Jesus will be destroyed, if they never repent. And the Pharisees, and the Sadducees, and other religious leaders were constantly reviling Jesus. 21. And thou, O Jehovah Lord, deal with me for thy name's sake, because thy kindness is good. Deliver me. King David is saying, deal with the evil people, punish them, but deliver me from them. Our enemy is Satan and the demons. I do pray against demons. I ask Jesus to drive any demonic activity out of my life, and I ask him to cover me with his blood and deliver me from demonic oppression. I also pray that the Lord will deliver other people from demonic oppression, and that he will silence the demons and open their spiritual ears so that they can hear his voice clearly. 22. For I am poor and needy, and my heart hath been pierced in my midst. It's like somebody put a knife in his heart, but he means it metaphorically, that he has been bitterly betrayed and hurt emotionally by people. King David was a king, so he wasn't poor like a pauper, but he was poor and needy from a spiritual perspective and from an emotional perspective because people kept gutting him emotionally in his life. And this is what happened to Jesus as well. He was constantly getting backstabbed and gutted Emotionally, by people who should have loved him. 23. As a shadow when it is stretched out, I have gone. I have been driven away as a locust. You know, a locust is a pest. He says that he's been driven away like a pest. King David did have to leave his palace at one point because Absalom was following him. It also says his life is stretched out like a shadow, which means he's at the end of his life. Because when the shadows are long, that is when the sun is going down. That's the end of the day. 24 My knees have been feeble from fasting, and my flesh hath failed of fatness. King David fasted when he was in distress. He fasted and prayed, and Jesus also fasted and prayed when he was in distress. Jesus fasted regularly, and before the last meal that he had, the Passover, he may not have been eating a whole lot leading up to that last meal because it was his regular practice to fast, and he knew that he was going to die soon. That last meal may not have done anything to fatten him up. 25. And I, I have been a reproach to them. They see me. They shake their head. This is what they did to Jesus when he was on the cross. They shook their head at him as if he was a lunatic, and they made fun of him when he was on the cross. 26. Help me, O Jehovah my God, save me according to thy kindness. King David expected the Lord to deliver him, because the Lord is so kind. And the Lord did deliver King David. 27. And they know that this is thy hand, thou, O Jehovah, thou hast done it. When King David was delivered from Saul and from Absalom and from the pagans, everybody always knew that it was because of God and his doing. And when Jesus was resurrected, everybody knew that he was God and that he had resurrected himself. 28. They revile and thou dost bless. They have risen and are ashamed and thy servant doth rejoice. Evil people revile, but the Lord blesses. And we can rejoice because of the blessings of the Lord, even if evil people harass and slander us. 29. Mine accusers put on blushing and are covered, as an upper robe is their shame. He says, those who have falsely accused me are now beat red with embarrassment, because they slandered me, because they're so ashamed. And that's how we will stand before the throne of God if we don't repent of our sins, We will be beat red before the throne of God on Judgment Day, and we will be cast into destruction eternal. 30. I thank Jehovah greatly with my mouth, and in the midst of many, I praise Him. Be sure and thank the Lord publicly, and praise Him publicly in your life. You may not have an opportunity to do it every day, but do it when you can, because it honors the Lord, He deserves it, and it means that you're His child. Never be ashamed of the Lord. 31, for he standeth at the right hand of the needy to save from those judging his soul. He stands at your right hand if you are poor and oppressed and abused. He's at your right hand, standing there to deliver you. So thank him and call unto him for salvation. And that concludes Psalm chapter 109.